When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 8 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week we're going travelling, travelling to the west coast of Ireland, into the studio of Alice Maha. We took the kids over to Ireland a few weeks ago and I recorded it while I was over there. I knew that at one point we'd be over in Westport in County Mayo and knowing that um, Westport has got a very vibrant art scene, I looked up to see what artists were in the area and luckily Alice Maha lived there so I contacted her, asked her nicely if she could spare me an hour while I was there and she kindly agreed. Just talking of our travels, we started off down in West Cork in a beautiful town called Baltimore. My other half Jenny, she's got a cousin down there, Christine and her husband Gwyn, just bought a, uh, a goat farm, well say just a few years ago. It's called the Arda Castle Farm. Oh man, they're having a having a time of their life out there. They've had it for about three or four years now. They moved out there after they well well, what it was. Christine's husband Gwyn. He made a life choice years and years ago. A life choice that well it excluded him from many areas of society. But with help and encouragement he pulled himself away from that life choice that he made all those years before. And they both moved from Kent to Baltimore and left the people behind that he used to socialise with. I'm sure he won't mind me sharing his life choice with you. And as I say, he's changed. Everyone deserves a second chance in society and in life. God, I've been there myself. But as I say, I'm sure he won't mind me telling you. 
he used to be a policeman. No, don't hold it against him. But now, he's a goat farmer. Arda Castle Farm. Although I don't think I'll be going over there any time soon. I think he'll give me a right-hander when he sees me. But yeah, we drove up from there. We drove up to Westport. Westport is absolutely beautiful. I've genuinely never been anywhere like it. We stayed with our friend Charlie and her two daughters, Morgan and Ashley. And if you want to know how beautiful it is, look Charlie up online. She's a photographer and captures images from all around Westport. You can find her at CJ Davies Photography. Not Davis, Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S. As I say, when I knew we was going over to Westport, I got in touch with Alice. Alice met me in Westport Town. She lives about 15 minutes outside. And she took me out to her purpose-built home and studio for her and her husband, Painter Dermot Seymour. It is absolutely stunning over there. How she gets any work done, I have not got a clue. The views out of her window are superb. I'd seen some of Alice's work previously, but she showed me a... Well, I won't go into it too much, but she showed me a certain piece of work that has properly, properly had an impact on me. I've been telling everyone about it since I've been home. But I'll stop going on about that. I don't want to spoil it. Let me take you into the studio of Alice Maha. So, first of all, I should say, I'm with Alice, do you pronounce Maha? Maha. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was going to say Maha. And it's... Now, some people say Mar, but that's the posh version of ah, the guy. See, a friend yeah. of mine who I come in with, yeah. her boyfriend used to be Mar, and she said it's pronounced Mar, and then her daughter said, no, it's Maha. And the daughter's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're 15, 15 kilometres outside Westport yes. in Western Ireland. Yeah. In the West Near of a little village called Partry. Partry, yeah. okay. Where we built our own studios, my partner and, is, and I. And what a view. That is, a, well, all round is an amazing view yeah. anyway, isn't it? If, we, if I go right into the first question, it's a very simple question. Mm-hmm. How would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Are you talking about the subject matter, Gary, or are you talking about... Or you as an artist. As an artist. As what do I do all day long? Work? Oh, wow. I mean, I probably would go along the lines of that it's like a search for something, you know, like a continuous search. And certainly, you know, I probably would say that my work has is, is figurative, you know, um, and uh, deals with the human figure and um, more precisely the female figure. So um, I would say... You know, through many different media like drawing and sculpture and print and film and animation and, you know, photography. um, It's like a search for how to um, how to make an image of the female that is not um, trying to appropriate that image, Mm. if you know what I mean. It's not a kind of a non-exploitative, you know, an image that somehow gives agency to that figure to that person herself Mm. you know that you know by looking at it that that person has a life and isn't just there for you to um um exploit or do you know what i mean or to own as an image well the figures we're looking at on the wall which are yeah would you call them woodcut prints no what they are is they're wood reliefs because they're they're actually 
they just use the um, um, the texture of the wood to make a print from. So I haven't done anything to the wood except cut out cut that silhouette shape. shape. Now the silhouette. Yeah. To look at it, it is figurative, and yeah. it is definitely feminine. Mm. They're what would that be? They're a bit larger than they one, aren't they? Yeah, they're like one third human size, really. You know, I like the. That's as big as a woodcut could go in the printers that I yeah. was working with. You know, so I wanted to make you, them really as, big. As you explained, you got yes. cheap plywood. Yeah. Um, you photographed. You had yourself photographed in various. Well, well it'd yeah. be best for you to explain. Well, um, people often ask me um, um, about life drawing. You know, drawing from the figure. Yeah. But I've never been interested in copying from life. Mm. Okay? So I'm more interested in what it feels like to be that life, to be that human being, you know, rather than a picture of them outside myself. Yeah. So when I'm going to work with the figure, I use myself, my own body, to try to understand a position or a... Do you know what I mean? So what... This is, you know, what I did for this then was to get into all these different positions as as complicated as I could. And I had Dermot, my uh, partner Dermot, he's an artist too, but he just with the iPad, just photographed very, very quickly as I moved about and all these different, from different angles. I was up on the table, down How many images are there? There's seven there. Yeah, there were nine. And there's no There were nine altogether, yeah, yeah. But just hundreds of positions. I mean, I have them all on the iPad. I could show it's like a kind of a stop motion animation film. You know, move, 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 move. And then I picked the ones that I wanted to work from. Because each one is very different as well, aren't they? Yeah. And made silhouette drawings, as you can see there, from them. And then from the silhouettes, then cut out from this cheap plywood the shape. Yeah. And so... The cheap plywood, which has all these whirls, knots and textures in it, then that became the internal part of the body, shall we say. So uh, to me, it's like a type of marriage of the human, you know, the human body um, um, with another element, you know, with a vegetal element because it's wood in a way. But the wood is what's expressing. And the knot is pulling your eye right into the centre, isn't it? Yeah, but also... It's kind of like it could stand for, or it could be like a type of navel, you know, in the mm, middle of that one, like, or big eyes where the yeah, ass is, yeah. or something, or you know, the sh- shoulder blades on, yeah. on that one over there. Yeah, like giant eyes, or you know, like um, sphincters, or vaginas, or noses, or ears, mm. all the openings of the body, you know, that yeah, connect yeah. us out to the world. So, well, your mind tries to make a little narrative of what your eye is seeing doesn't it It does yeah it does yeah 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 and this this is obviously work you're working on at the moment the work that i saw of yours earlier on today which is what we was just talking about Mm. um would you mind just telling me or, or would you mind just explaining the cell 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 um is a a very big simply ball of brambles you would call them briars we probably call them in ireland you know they just yeah, go wild what briars. Yeah. i had to ask what Did briars you? was yeah, yeah and they yeah. just said bramble. that's the vernacular yeah so i'm always interested in the vernacular mm. either as language or as material 
Yeah. So the poor, the material, in a way, I'm more interested. Yeah. In I'm interested in things that are rejected, like the cheap um, plywood, yeah, like the bees, like the briars. Yeah. So how that piece came about was um, in 1991, which is a long time ago, I was invited with a whole other group of artists to do a piece in Kilmainham Jail in Dublin, which is a famous jail. It's now a museum um, where the... It's kind of the seat of the nation, you might say, or something. I don't know what word you'd use, but that's where the um, um, the nineteen sixteen revolutionaries were all yeah. killed. <clears throat> so it's become this kind of scene of martyrdom mm. and the beginning of the republic, shall we say? So a number of artists were invited to make work in there, and. As soon as I went inside the jail, I had a type of experience, a bit like what you told me earlier, and I kind of understood that it would be impossible to make a figurative image here yeah. that would express what this place represented. Yeah. Because it wasn't just the revolutionaries that were there. It was hundreds and thousands of ordinary other people mm. who had committed, like, stealing a loaf of bread. Nothing crimes. You know, like just being poor, mm. hanging around the streets, you know, or something into jail, and the next thing, they're deported to Australia. Yeah. Which was, you know, from there. For any excuse. Yeah. So I was wandering around the cells, and you could see scratched into the walls, you know, what people had, the leftovers Mm. of life. And so I was working at the time. um, I had been um, collecting a little, making a little ball of thorns the size of my fist, there like that, you know, out of the ditch around at home where I come from, because I come from a very rural place. Yeah. And... um, I was making this little ball of thorns, so I brought that with me into the cell, and I just began to add to it to make it bigger. So like I went, a modern day elastic ball, yeah. elastic band ball. Yeah. So I went out all around the jail. I went into very nearby the jail. There, um, there's beautiful grounds of the Irish Museum of Modern Art. It wasn't even a museum then, but they were clearing the briars so I said can I have the briars Mm. so there I am every day you know like the little old woman with the basket (laughs) on her back dragging the briars into the jail and making and how big did it it looked as though it was about six foot tall well the cells were twelve by you know twelve long six were they even six wide they weren't even six I said they're quite small Mm. so I kept working on it until it touched the edges of the cell. So you couldn't go around it in a way, and it was like pressing out somehow, you know, pressing. And I suppose, in a way, maybe at the time I didn't even know why I was doing it, but I knew that somehow these briars, you know, which were taken from nature, taken from being living creatures and coming into this place where they would die. the vilest deeds of um, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. The vilest deeds like poisoned weeds. Oh, did he say that now? Well, that's... Bloom well in the prison air. There you it go. It is only what is good in a man that wastes and withers there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. No, that's good. And yeah. did it stay and Oscar Wilde, of course, the famous prisoner. But um, so each layer then, you know, died as you put it on, you know. Mm. So uh, it was full of sap and full of, in the beginning. And uh, one thing I hadn't expected was the smell of it. Yeah. Very, very strong acid smell, pungent of the outside world, you know, of this, you know, and then it slowly died away. Was it a freshness smell or a. Yeah, like a bitter smell. Yeah. Bitter. Bitter because it had been ripped across the Because prison isn't a a nice smell anyway. No. But this was a smell of nature, though, at least. But anyway, so I just, the way I tied it together was just with, um, you know, with um, 
flower arrangers, yeah, little yeah, yeah, wire. Yeah. It's yeah. just so easy, you know. It was like very simple. I don't think I'd do anything that's not just simple, simply it, made. I'm not, how long was it there for? Uh, well, in, the show was up for um, a couple of months, I'd say. But the thing is, when the show was over then, the curator gave the um, invigilators, you know, the people who look after yeah, the music, yeah. the jail now, these wouldn't be art people, a choice as to what piece they would like to keep. And oh, they, excellent. You know, in the jail, so they've, it's still there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And that was when, 92, 91, 92? Yeah. And it's Excellent. And it is, if you visit, is it and you big? should visit, no, it's like a little, it's like a little, you know, it's tired and yeah, yawning. Yeah, and it's gone so brittle and so dry. You know, and eventually, I presume it would just turn just to like, dust. Just like a life that's, that yeah. stays in there for that yeah. long. Yeah. It just withers away. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying that Brian Keenan... Yes, the, the famous prisoner, yeah, who was kidnapped and uh, in Beirut and spent so long incarcerated in a very small space, tied to a radiator, chained anyway, with um, John McCarthy, the British journalist. Yeah. They accompanied each other and they were great friends and they helped each other I think to try and, and that was several years psychologically well, deal with five? it he was in yeah he was in there four years too wasn't he just uh, and Terry Waite yeah. Terry Waite yeah. just tied to a yeah. bloody radiator yeah and at kept least, there at least I was warm kept there oh, I'm sure it was warm <laughs> yeah. they were brutalised sure, really treated the very very badly and you know moved from place to place tied underneath a lorry you know and completely tied with that tape you know like I yeah. mean I don't know how their minds Survived. I don't know how they come through. I mean, as, yeah. as I said to you, I spent yeah. seven years in prison, British prison, which are relatively, yeah. relatively nice. And, mm. you know, I come out there with a few mental scars. Yeah. And how those guys come out in yeah. the condition that they did yeah. is a testament to, yeah, to, to their, their willpower. psychological, yeah. you know, and the food, you know, a few old grains of rice. And Anyway, so he, he happened to be just out at that time and he was back in Ireland and he came by the jail and uh, he saw me. Um, winding the ball of thorns but he wouldn't come into the cell like he stood outside yeah yeah yeah. but he said for him that it really encapsulated that feeling of spatial scale that changes he said when you're a prisoner that you know um, you have no idea of scale in a way because you're in this tiny space Mm. and sometimes somebody comes in and you think they're like a giant or sometimes you think they're tiny you have no notion of scale because you're not out in the world to you well, to this to this day, I don't like crowds, and I was never bothered about them before. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's that's not something for me. Yeah, do you know when your first interest in art came came um, about? Well, I always was always drawing, you know, but a lot of children do. So I was drawing, 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 drawing. Um, but I didn't go to art school until I was twenty six. Oh, you didn't? No. And what made you want to go there? Um, I was doing all like I went to college first. I studied European studies, uh, which is like you know, European history and law and all that kind of stuff. I was a really bad student, but I really enjoyed going to college. And um, then I was working, you know, out in the in the workforce. And um, I used to do art at night, you know, because we were kind of advised to do that in a way. It was like, oh, art is great for a pastime, you know, but like make a living yeah. some other way. But yeah. bit by bit, the pastime became the important, like the nighttime activity became mm, yeah. the important activity. So it wasn't too difficult to flip that then from night to day. Yeah, so what so then become a hobby, become your... Yeah. yeah, so then at night I'd have to work to make the money to go <laughs> oh, to college. Excellent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just flipped very easily, actually. Who was your... Did you have any influences at that time? 
to go to college. No, no, I just went to went to art college. But then, of course, in arts college, I discovered all these amazing, amazing artists and people like Louise Bourgeois. Of course, uh, you know. So that was a revelation kind of to me but we didn't hear much about her then because you know female artists weren't known mm. this was in the 80s you know they weren't really lauded that much in colleges but Louise Bourgeois was because she was like a one-off yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah. planet and uh, I got to meet her quite a number of times I was about so, to say did you get to me yeah her? yeah but anyway so her you know her practice of variety of yeah. stuff and yeah. then you know then when I started looking around and saw people like Mona Khatoum yeah. and um Helen Triadwick, remember her? Yeah, of course, said. of course. And uh, so they were wonderful um, role models mm. for art students like us. Yeah, you know. And at that time, there was yeah. there was so few as well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, there was an explosion of female artists at that time, yeah. also yeah. like Cornelia Parker, like Mona, like mm. um, Helen Triadwick, and I mean, just in the British art scene. I mean, and then they just yeah. they hit it yeah. quite hard, didn't they? And, yeah. and kept rolling since. Yeah. Do you, do you remember your first turning point when you made a piece of work that really sung out to you, that, that was yeah. everything you'd expected it to be? Um, I don't or know, piece Gary, because I'm never with satisfied with anything. I can, I can and I have to that. say that that's the one thing that drives me on then, is that, mm, no, that's not quite... You know what I mean? And I have to go on again, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but I do guess I'm happy enough to finish with it, but I'm not like... T- I was going to say, do you have finished tribbling? Do you have trouble finishing an artwork? As in, because you're never satisfied with it, you never know when to stop, you never know when it's Mm. finished. Mm. Um, Or would you say that... I do, actually. You stop a piece of work before it's it's finished. Well, you see, I work in series, and that's easier, because then the series is finished. Then you draw a line under it, move on to the next. And are they related? Is each series related to the last? Oh, yeah. One thing leads to another. Yeah. You've seen that probably in your own work. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't start and but do others, something, nothing's going yeah, to happen. But sometimes an artist would do, for instance, um, prints like these and then go on to making a film that is yeah. unrelated. Yeah. So some artists can sort of segment, yeah. splice, or yes. cut and paste their work, yeah. if you like. Well, I think if you read that, if you go and look at their work, you'd probably see their yeah, connection. A narrative like, yeah, running through yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. like a, a, a piece of cotton a attached from one to the it. other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think so. What piece that you've created do you hold most dear? Which is sort of related a little bit to, to the last one, like, the, you know, yeah. a piece that's carried with conviction. Like an iconic piece for yeah, yourself. That, well, I'd be loath to really pick out, I suppose, but... Um, um, maybe in imagery, in in photographic imagery, it would be the portrait with the um, necklace of hearts. Beautiful, yeah. Um, because it's me, you know what I mean? It really is me, my image, but also... So this was a, a yes. necklace made out of... Were they, were they lamb as well? Yeah, lamb's, lamb's hearts. hearts. Yeah. Um, just bought in the marketplace, you know? Awful. You know, again, the detriment, you know, the stuff that's despised and is cheap food and it's, you know, but of course the heart represents so much in terms of human identification with it as the pump of feeling, you know, the one where your feeling is represented. Mm. And of course, in my culture, because that's my cultural background, kind of Catholic kind of background, the sacred heart was the only visual image that we had in our home. 
Uh, you probably have and seen that, that if you ever came to Ireland that. in yeah. the 50s and 60s. It was just this man with an open heart, yeah. you know, and that's all we saw. Yeah. You know, so it's like, um, so like the heart it, in all cultures. And when you huge. look back at it, yeah. it's trauma. It could it's be traumatic. traumatic. Yeah. And if he wasn't there, was certain, he was nailed up on the wall. I know, yeah. Naked. <laughs> Slashed to bits, you know. Mm. Slashed and whipped. And, yeah. I mean, really, it's very masochistic. Very sadistic yeah. and masochistic. But when, you, when you're brought up with it, you don't see it in that no. context, do you? No, no, no. But anyway, I don't want that to take over. The whole no, thing, sorry. But, sorry. but just the heart, you know, the necklace of hearts, maybe in terms of that, you know, um, um, as, as, a, as, a photographic, as a photographic image, I think it says a lot about the kind of um, materials that I'm interested in, you know, the fact that I'm looking back at Renaissance art you mm. know, in terms of the... Because I, I really am always looking back through the ages in a way as yeah. well at how images were made before and, you know. And um, maybe in terms of sculpture, there was a piece that I made, you might have seen it, I don't know, in... Um, it's called Nemocine, and it's it's a bed made of frost. Have you seen I that? I haven't. Okay. There might be an image of it here, I'm not too sure. But I, oh, I'll get it up for you here. Um, it's a big sculpture piece. It's in there in that huge crate that you see underneath. You see that whole... Oh, yeah. That whole crate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, it's not small, uh, is it? Uh, no. Uh, there we go. So, Nemocine is a bed of ice. I have seen that. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Very that, ghostly, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually frost. I didn't realise it. I've only ever seen the image. Yeah. So, yeah, I worked with an engineer to make this. So it's like a fridge turned inside out. See, so when like, I saw it, I saw it on a small image. Did you? And I thought that that was floating. All right. In the dark. Like yeah, it's I didn't... shown in a dark space. Like, yeah. See if we can see it with people, because sometimes then you can see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's me when I had black hair. But, um, so... You know, it was constructed with an engineer so that it was like an inside-out. So in a way, it's turning something inside-out as well. So on the outside, you know, you can see the pipes. So what we're looking at... Yeah. So what we're looking at visually just looks like a a sofa without any arms, a, yeah. a resting place. Yes. And it is... It's probably three feet high, up to four feet high. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it's about seven foot long there. And it is made of well, it's refri- is it stainless steel, stainless steel, and refrigeration pipes and refrigeration gas. It's run on electricity. So then, it's in the in the shape of a. What would you say the shape was? Well, um, people me refer it. to it as a bed, but I w- certainly was looking at all the things that we either lie down in, or you know, like the chariot, mm. the uh, cra- the cradle, uh, the sarcophagus. You know, the dead yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, the tomb. You know, you know the bed. Yeah. So all the things that human beings like it's prone very, it's are very ghostly. In. Yeah, very ghostly. In the the, the lights. Uh... But anyway, so how it works is as a fridge works, it attracts the moisture from the air and it, it freezes itself. Yeah. So it's kind of an artwork that creates itself, yeah. and it's timed to do that. So over time, oh. it creates itself, and then, and then at it night melt. it melts down. Into That's why that trays them. Yeah. At night, and if it was just kept on, would it would it grow? Yeah, and get more dark because it does look very soft and gentle there, doesn't it? Yeah. So if it was left on, it would get like crystallised and and overgrow itself, and and then yeah. Yeah. I mean, for someone like you said, you hadn't used your image before. 
you do have quite a striking input to to the artworks where you feature. Oh, that's visually just, yourself. Yeah, that's just a photograph, like I mean. But yeah, yeah but even so, when so you when you showing yeah. yourself wearing the necklace. Oh yes. It probably wouldn't have been as good with any anyone else other than the artist. No. Standing there as a, like obviously using it as a self portrait. Well, I did think would I use other people, you know, because I was I mean, you know, interested in these. When that model was wearing it, yeah, it did give a different language. She was there acting. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't look. It wasn't as strong. Yeah. It looked staged with with the well, art. It was. With, with the That's artist, yeah. So you got it there, yeah, definitely staged. You know, because that was in a film. It's a still from the film, and of course she was directed. Do you know what I mean in the film? So, yeah. So anyway, that's what it looks like before it gets very um, filled up. So uh, that's called Nemosine. See it there? M N E M O S Y N E. Yeah. Uh, that refers to the word mnemonics, which is about memory. Got yeah. And Nemosine was the goddess of memory. Oh wow! Okay. But nobody remembers her, which no. is kind of Ironic. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm talking in this in a way about memory, and um, because the artwork itself remembers, you know, it doesn't remember; it melts down, mm. right? and then it becomes another artwork yeah. the next day. So it's different every. So that starts in the same form; yeah. it always ends as a different one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. When do you go for inspiration? When? Where? Where? You've only got to look out your window to sort of get your mind racing. Is, do you physically go anywhere? Or no. does your mind go somewhere for yeah, inspiration? It does, yeah. Who or where does that go? Um, well, I don't know if I even believe in the word inspiration. I think it's a drive that's inside us. Mm. And uh, that's where it comes from. And once you do something... It leads to something else if you let your mind and your drive follow it. So mm. you're like following something. You know, I wouldn't need to be anywhere. Yes, yeah, see, I've said on, yeah. on here a couple of times that I will start looking at images of prison, for instance. Okay, okay. And then that puts me back okay. into my sort of prison mindset. And, and that sort of gets the juices flowing again, if you like. Or there's a few Do you goats. think that's the core of your creativity? The I prison? reckon... I have to, to, it's as if I sort of have to summon up a Physically. bit of misery again, you know. <laughs> and yeah, I know. And then that brings, but then I can sort of go, I can dip into it and mm. then 
I do come out of it again. You know, I'm I don't trying go to think to what that would place. be with me. And people might imagine that it would be the countryside because you could see that it's everywhere mm. or has been, you know, present in the work. But I don't think so. I read a lot. You know, I like reading anything. I'll read anything. And I let things get into my yeah. mind. You know, I mean, like it, it can take absolutely anything to yeah. sort of yeah. get, it, get the juices flowing again, yeah. can't it? Yeah. Yeah, but you can make such a load of shit before it becomes, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Before, and you know it's shit, but you just have to do it. It's like, it's like driving round a roundabout oh. and not knowing what road to oh go God, off. Oh, God, it's torture. <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah. you go, oh, here we go. And it can be something, it can be a bloody advert on the telly. So true. That just makes you go, that's it. So true. And then that's the direction where you want to go. So true. And everyone thinks you're having a great time. You know, making art. And you're going, no, no, it's torture. You know, a lot of the time it yeah. is, really. Yeah. And then you, as you say, something something clicks Mundane. in. It's like something clicks in and yeah. off you go then. And then you can't be stopped. Mm. And then you're thinking about it day and night. Sleeping, waking, yeah, yeah. the minute you wake up again, you know, that's what you're thinking. And it's a pathway that you wasn't even expecting yeah. to go on. Yeah. And, you've and there's no breaks on. from it, in case people think. You know, yeah. there's no weekends or holidays. Mm. It's just like... Total kind of obsession in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Like you just you're totally obsessed with making that work. Then. Yeah. Which well, is if you've got a you've got your own language and other things can come into yes. it and you know form into yeah. into your way of thinking. Yeah. But my language, you know, is in many many different media and probably influenced by all of those great artists that you were talking about that I came you know in contact with in the eighties and um, that great freedom of multimedia actually was a great thing for me, the freedom of multimedia. Mm. And not that you had to stick to one thing. Like painting was God back in the day, you know, that kind of thing. But then suddenly, oh no, you could do anything. And that was when installation kind of came into it. So I was like, what's installation? You know, when you were a student, it was like, it could be anything. It could be anything, stuff you found, stuff you made up, stuff you, you know, and that was such freedom. And actually then that, of course, introduced the subject of space itself, you know, and uh, what and you, you put it's your as if you've in. found something, yeah. something new that other people yeah. don't yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. And the importance of space, and you know that from being in a prison Yeah, cell. definitely. You know, like the size of it, the shape of it, the uh, history of it, uh, people who were in it before, you know, because a bit like with the Nemesine, you know, the frost bed, um, it was influenced by the people who came close to it. If people came too close to many people, it would start to melt. Oh, wow. What would have radiated heat? That's pretty cool, isn't it? And I didn't know that until the work was made, of course, and put in the public space. Yeah. And that's the great thing. If you keep working on something, it will give you back something that you never... Yeah, yeah. it teaches you, you a lesson. Wow. Yeah. And then holes started to appear in the side of it. If there was people, too many people around. Well, just where the, the heat is radiating from them in that yeah, yeah. in that area. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That is quite a. It's a very ghostly figure, isn't it? Mm. And also. And were the up. lights on? Is that how it was shown in, yeah. in a darkened room? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm very much interested in light, actually, myself, and. Um, I'll just show you another installation I did in that space in Dublin, and it was... And where in Dublin was it? It was in, um, well, it was the Irish Museum of Modern Art, but they were out of the museum at the time, and they were in this wonderful place called Earlsford Terrace, which is where the National Concert Hall was. And it's an old university space, and I got the whole space, which was like 10, 15 rooms, you know, all uh, leading into each other. Of course, that was perfect for me, because they were all different and everything. It's telling a story, like a chapter in each room. I could address them all. 
I put things away, do you? And then I don't know where they are. Oh, I'm awful. Do you do that? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh, no, these are all the images now from the, you know, from that, that show. You haven't got time to go through them all. But anyway, so I'll just describe it to you. Maybe it was, maybe it's here. It was um, the lecture theatre that was already there. Um, so I go into the lecture theatre and what do I see? All these amazing graffiti. Scratched on the, the wooden discs. Nice. And I'm going around reading and thinking, this is archaeology yeah, of the yeah. human psyche. How did any people miss this it's just, before? It's just the etchings of a bored person, isn't I it? I know. But the thing is that that bored person, they're listening to the lecture at the same time, yeah. but their subconscious is wandering into other things, mm. which I'm really interested in. You know, that thing that we can do loads of things yeah, at the same I'm time? Yeah, I'm doing it as, I'm, as you're talking. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. So like layers and layers yeah. of thought. So to bring um, uh, attention on that, then I just went around and picked, you know, certain things and put a tiny little light on them. And so when the audience go in there, they could go they, around they sort and of see all these you're little lights. You're directing them what to read. Yeah. So, oh, I've seen the photograph of that, but yeah. not in, not yeah. looking at the... like that. I've seen it from the where the lecturer would be standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had loads of very dim lights just over an eight, over each desk. That's right, and you could go in and ah, sit there. Ah, so just that's what it. it was. Yeah, that's what it was. It's not there. I mean, it was right standing looking from that. Yeah. Yeah, just very dim, sort of like, I don't know. Lights. Yeah. They were special. I worked with a lovely um, lighting I love working with all these different people, and uh, she found these. That was very atmospheric, wasn't lights. it? Yeah, yeah. Where and it looked we? like they was dangling maybe a foot or so above... Yeah. Yeah, and you could go in and sit there, you know. Oh, where are you? I don't know where it is. And each bulb was in, like, its own little cage, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And all you had to do was just sit down, and then you might see... Like, I'd seen that. You see, somebody wrote, I miss her. And this is the date, right? 1999. And then, I still miss her. And it's like a couple of months later. And it so says everything yeah. about what that he guy just happened that to be sitting in there. You know, like it, they were really missing something yeah. for months and months, and still going to those lectures and you know getting their yeah. architecture or whatever. And they then were that learning. makes your mind rush. Yeah, you're trying to make the little story up. You've been given one little sentence yeah. or a few a drawing words. or something, yeah. you know, some little thing, and uh, so I found that fascinating. All these different people that had sat there. Yeah. See, I saw that piece as just as if that was. The, the piece, piece was just all of them the lights hanging down overneath. Well, that's the thing about installations. You have to actually experience this yeah, place. Yeah, and you have to so work on it a bit as well. So if you had gone in there and saw this... Because you know. I didn't even look at the title either. I only saw the image. All oh, right. Well, what was the title? L'Université. University. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Good night. life. Good yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know where it's gone. Such a pity. I haven't got a good image of it for you. What the hell am I doing? Now, I was just talking about inspiration and you can get inspirations from things that you're not expecting yeah now you just played me a little film that was on for maybe six minutes or something yeah yeah it was amazing mm. and i'm not just sort of saying it because you're sitting in front of me mm. but it was extremely inspiring well i didn't make that film now that's a short film of a procession which was but it was organized. your procession though yes. wasn't it it was not just me no, it was a collective of people um, called the Artist Campaign to Repeal the Eighth Amendment. And you, you know, unless you're from this country, you probably won't know that the Eighth Amendment was inserted in our Constitution in 1983 when I was a very young, you know, young I didn't woman. realise it was that. It was inserted. I thought it was... There forever. Yeah. No. Oh, I, well, it was I inserted, apologize. of course, through, through pressure by of, of, of the church and kind of the 
you know what I mean, to put that in there, yeah. which uh, gives the exact same weight of, of um, importance to the life of the mother and the life of the fetus. So that must have been put in because that's when there was a lot of um, power coming into the hands of women in the UK at that time about yeah. over abortion. Yeah. So they've just countered that before it even reached out over yeah. into Ireland. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes it even more devious, yeah. doesn't it? And then, of course, since then, Irish women have had to go to England. Yeah, of you course. Know, it has been yeah. our source of help. Yeah. You know, since then, and, like, we really are very grateful, actually, for the way the service, the health service in England has treated mm. Irish women and never said a word, you know, and just treated them yeah. like human beings. Well, at that time, you know, a lot of the nurses were Irish anyway, they were, they weren't were, they? They were. I, you know, as a child, I remember yeah. when I hear the, the, the yeah. southern accent now, yeah. I, I feel, you know, I, I think right the nurses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, I do. But anyway, and of course that led to horrible situations, you know, we've had where, um, you know, in recent years, um, you know, a young woman, a mother, you know, she was, went into hospital pregnant, um developed uh, difficulties she knew that she was going to die you know if she didn't have mm. a termination she asked for a termination no no she refused to give her a termination because the heartbeat of the fetus was still yeah. detectable she contracted sepsis and died and and that's baby. good enough and for the them. baby and you're just thinking this yeah. is murder of citizens you know who have asked and should have a right to say i yeah. want to live you know so you know people began to agitate, um, you know, to, to get this amendment removed. So myself and three other um, artists, uh, Cecily Brennan was the instigator, myself, uh, Paula Meehan, who was the Poet Laureate of Ireland at the wow. time, and uh, Ethna Jordan, another painter. And so we got together and we started the artist campaign to repeal the amendment. And then we began with our banner making influenced as you probably know by the suffragettes yep. and by our own sectarian banner makers in Northern Ireland yep. the Orange Marches and uh, to try and take back that you know turn around the hump, of, yeah. yeah 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 and make beautiful things you know things that would last and things that would inspire people to follow yeah and to 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 identify with and say yes there are and people. i love the fact that it was hand stitched as yeah, well hand stitched embroidered and we tried to use as beautiful um as beautiful um materials as we could really good materials silk and satin delicate and delicate and that gives strength yeah exactly Exactly. But also we had another idea in our mind that because we didn't know, obviously, how this referendum was going to go, you know, um, it really wasn't clear until the very, very end. But uh, we wanted these these banners and everything to be so beautiful that they would go into, for instance, a national collection and that people would know in the future that we fought for our rights. And is that what's happening? Yeah. Excellent. I didn't know that. That's beautiful. Yeah. So they will go into the National Museum collection. Yeah, in Collins Barracks, and you had the the ladies had the red X on, on their, their mouth. on their mouths. When I yeah. first saw it, at first first glance, I thought it was mm. lipstick at first, yes, and then yes. I saw that it was an X going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, the X, you know, the X in the mouth that um, that um, reflects our badge. And we had a badge with the A and the X, X through it, so yeah. that was they were yeah. using that X. And they were local local women. We, we connected with all, all these different groups in Limerick, Dance Limerick, 
um, the ukuleles, there's yeah. one the ukuleles, <laughs> oh, uh, cut out dolls. There was a whole bunch of activists mm. who became part of that procession, including the students of the yeah. art college. Because when yeah. I saw the X through the mouth, it's as if yeah. you're trying to be shut yeah. or trying to have your mouth closed and use a... When the mouth opens, it's... Yeah. It's a, you know, it's repealing that, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you see a lot about the mouth and voice, probably, in my work, too. But, um, so we marched through the streets and we went the exact same route that the confraternities used to go, which were the arch... Um, oh, you chose the route yeah. specifically as yeah. well? Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, those, you know, arch Catholic, arch conservative, men-only groups, you know, they and owned did, the streets then. Did you get any... Disdain from people was there? You wouldn't believe it. It was like, it was because of the way we behaved. Uh, we um, we had a, a wonderful performance artist called Anya Phillips organising it, and she kind of put into us, you know, that we were the kind of attitude to take, you know, that we were like to look inside in a way and to walk with that in mind that we have a name and we know what we want. You yeah. Know? And we weren't to be engaging with the public the, or you shouting just said, or focus thinking. straight in front. Yeah. And because of that, everybody, you saw the way they behaved. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, everybody was completely silenced. Yeah. Because like, they were expecting yeah. a drum. Yeah. Or a, That's right. you know, a sh- shouting or... Yeah, no. And so it just silences the whole city. So the traffic stopped. You know, people were, like, looking up, taking photographs. Just like when you see monks walking through it. It's a bit like that. Yeah. It's like, what was that? Yeah. You know, it was... So we kind of... We wanted to reclaim that space, the public space that those women were not allowed yeah. you know, to be in uh, with these beautiful banners and beautiful things. So, um, yeah, so that's why we... And I, I liked when you had, I know we spoke about it, when there was the pinnies. Oh, the aprons. The yeah, aprons. That, they were made by a wonderful uh, artist who worked here with me on the banners too, called Rachel Fallon. And she made these... Um, Aprons, you know, the So they were wearing like a traditional dress, wasn't yeah, they? Yeah, they were and dark. Four, you know, five ladies? Yeah, they were, yeah, six, I think. Six, yeah. sorry. So they had these simple aprons, you know, which they would have worn as Magdalene women, mm. you know, who were the women who were incarcerated simply for being pregnant, becoming yeah. pregnant as a non-married girl. Mm. And so we put the, you know, they had these aprons on them. But underneath this, the apron... Uh, when you lift it up, yeah. were these beautiful... So they pulled the apron up yeah, to their up chest. over their heads, no, right over their face. Yeah. So it was like exposing themselves, yeah, yeah, shall yeah, we yeah, say, yeah. you know. And uh, so they were, and they had these, all were, were, were embroidered with an eye, beautiful yeah. eye, which is watching you, of course. And then they had sayings, like she had sayings embroidered mm. on them. And those sayings she took from military textbooks. Oh, wow. Yeah about how to behave. Can you remember any of the sayings? Strength in adversity. That's the only one I could remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so, you know, we use many different, you know, and a lot of the um, the um, imagery in the banners is influenced by art also, you know, religious art, mm. for instance, the Madonna image, you saw mm. that one. It's as if you're using yeah. it against the people who originally... Use it against yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way much. to win. Yeah. That's the way to win a exactly. struggle. You know, you just take what's been used against you. And like if you have been called, you know, some yeah. horrible name, you take that name, you say, that's me. Yeah. It's a bit like wearing the necklace of tongues. Yeah, yeah. So you take my voice and you take my tongue, I'm wearing that. Yeah, beautiful. It's a badge, yeah. you know, badge of... You, you can't, yeah. how can you fight that? Yeah. You can't fight it. Yeah, and you can't fight beauty. That's the thing we, re, you know, we kind of realised as artists that 
if you just make the most beautiful thing you can, the strongest thing you can, there's no answer no. to it. There's no answer no. to it. And the people who are trying to um, put the other side forward, shall we say, and that's to keep women repressed and to keep them having no choice, no choice about what was done to You're their bodies. You're taking away their cows, you know, like to be farmed like cows. Um, those people use the most horrible imagery, you know, really um, low egregious, um, disgusting kind of imagery. Mm. You know, like, for instance, there was a poster, like, around here, which had a woman's, um, a woman's body from neck to hips, shall we say, um, and there was no head, no legs, no hands even, just a pregnancy, completely transparent, and a baby inside it. That's what... And should, that just showed everybody yeah. what their view of women yeah. is. Nothing but a carrier. Yeah. Nothing but an oven. Mm. And a walking womb, you know. Yeah, you can bet your life no there wasn't a woman who came up with that yeah. advert. Or oh, if it was, yeah. you wouldn't like who to meet her, would you? <laughs> well, who knows who came up with that? But whoever did, they have no respect for the brain or any other yeah. part of the female anatomy except the womb. So we reject that, you know, totally. It was a beautiful, mm. it was a beautiful film, beautiful piece of work. Putting a little handbrake on that, yeah. and so you and five other artists, past and present. What would your perfect group show be if you could have five other artists oh, working alongside, um, showing alongside you? Well, I don't know. I'd probably like to like them to be people that I don't know even. You know what I mean? I mean, I could pick, you know, like favorite artists or you know people who are like heroes or whatever of myself. But they're not the people really to show with. You know, mm. like it'd be better to show with um, artists that you don't know or maybe younger artists. You know, who would influence you yeah, influence myself yeah. you know I think I'd prefer <clears throat> you know rather than with my heroes or with my is there ideals anyone, is there anyone that you like at the moment who is sort of I don't really like to use up and coming but um, emerging artists is there anyone that, that you like at the moment lots of people Gary but I mean I couldn't even name them you know what I mean I just I like the energy of of what's coming there's lots you know of I mean? energy, yeah. art energy round here, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Um, as I said to you, that when when I got sent uh, when I is it the, the, yeah, the customs house gallery. customs house yeah. gallery yeah. when I asked for a list of local artists and I was they sent about eighteen or so the quality of the artists round here is it's amazing round here, isn't it? Mm, well, but anyway, no, I can't really. I wouldn't. No, I actually prefer to show in solo shows in a way I think I get more out of that mm. because then you see it all together and it kind of drives you on to the next thing yeah that's what I think you know whereas well, you put you together with let's say five other people then that's like a type of statement that maybe a curator or yeah, somebody is yeah. making but it mightn't do <clears throat> yourself any good as an artist you mightn't learn that much from it or maybe you would I mean I think I'd learn more if I were with younger artists yeah. than if I were with my own crowd yeah, yeah. or with my older hero crowd mm. you know I'd prefer that think, I'd, I'd feel that'd be more dynamic for me keep me going keep me because it's hard when you get to a certain age you know like 60 I'm in my 60s now so it's like you can't afford to sit on your laurels or what you've done before yeah. you have to keep pushing on and there's a big gang you know? of artists coming yeah. up yeah. Up behind. Yeah, so they're the ones I'd like to show yeah. showing with probably. And they're looking up to you for for the inspiration that they don't know that you're mm. looking to them mm. for. Yeah. What do you think you'd do if you wasn't an artist? Or what would you be if you had to stop being an artist? An actor, maybe. Would you? Mm. In film or theatre? Theatre, I'd say. Yeah. 
I tried it actually when I was younger, um, before I went to art school, or even during art school, I think I used to do theatre stuff at night and stuff, you know, like um, amateur theatre. And I loved now that, I loved the smell of the theatre. Did you? We talked about smells. Before, after, or during? Uh, the backstage, you know, backstage, yeah, that smell. Yeah, yeah, I've been there Not a few the theater, times. But the backstage, that kind of smell of paint. And, yeah, yeah. You know, the face paint and the excitement of that. It's very. You know, yeah. the audience thing and going on stage and coming off stage. You know, I really... And uh, that theatricality comes into my work a lot. Yeah. And that's why um, <clears throat> I, I, I know the power of lighting and use it. In You've seen that in a lot of your work yeah. is, is the lighting, isn't it? Yeah. Very theatrical. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think... But, but I knew I'd never be an actor because I just didn't have it. You know that thing? It's hard to... You know, it's a thing where you are able to be anything. I, can't I just do it. wasn't be able to do that, you know. I had to be. No. In, I was in a performance oh, were you? in t- 2015 at the Batsy Arts Centre, mm. and it was it was only talking about me. It was me talking about my life. Right. I didn't realise that a lot of the others were uh, were actors. I didn't realise. I thought everyone was just a member of the public like me. <clears throat> and I'm telling the story about me going to prison, becoming an artist. And I was going, well, I'm not an actor, so I was just telling it normally. But I noticed that I was doing it, I think it was six times a day for two weeks. And I noticed that when I first started telling the story, there were certain points where people's eyes would open and they would sit back. Mm -hmm. I I mentioned about um, the police putting my car windscreen through, like smashing my window. And when I noticed that while I'm relaying this story, by the end of the first day, I was elaborating that bit. So I turned into an actor, just... You know, getting the feeling off of the because it does the come to you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shout. So I'm going bang. Yeah, well, really... Whereas before I go crack, my windscreen went through. Yeah. Whereas in the end, I'm going bang. My windscreen went through. Yeah. And I could feel myself doing, it and I was getting into it. And yeah. by the end of it, I realised that I was acting out the story. Whereas, yeah. so I didn't think I had it in me, no, but I it's sort got of it in me. I wouldn't. I just no, I don't. Another thing that I might like to be would be a detective. Oh, nice. What would your detective name be? <laughs> detective Mark. You know, like going around searching and looking and putting two and two yeah. together. It's a bit like being an artist. Yeah. You know, like yeah, putting you, two and two together. Yeah, and, you've got to find your outcome. You know, yeah, yeah. Not a policewoman, or poli- you know, but a detective. Yeah. Or, you know, like putting two and two together or something. But anyway, <laughs> that's a fantasy. Well, that's all the questions done, but just a little... Hmm. Well, if you could have one artwork, if you could own one artwork from... By somebody else. By anyone throughout history, what would you fancy? It would probably be a very old one, you know? Like, I know you can't own the caves of Lascaux, where the oh, people, you nice. know what I mean? Yeah, But, yeah. like, if you could just be in them, and you can't go into them anymore. But I once was in, not the caves of Lascaux, but ones very near in the south of France, and I was very close up to the paintings, you know, that the people had yeah, done yeah. deep inside the earth. And I can tell you the feeling that they had just left the space was yeah. overpowering and the connection And they would have them. been how old at that point? Oh, they've got like thousands upon yeah, thousands yeah. upon thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And you're just standing in front of an yeah. artwork. Yeah, you know, drawing, oh, but you're drawing seeing up a great... They didn't see it as an artwork. Or, 
you know, well, we don't know, you see, what yeah. they did. People make all these, you know, assumptions, assumptions they were doing, fertility rights or hunting rights, and we don't know what they were doing. Yeah. You know, and there's no images of people there, very few. It's awful animals, and I just, oh, my God, like, I just felt so moved, really, by that. You know, so... But the connection was very, very strong. I thought, and the truth is centuries, you know, rather yeah. than, you know, in recent times, so... Yeah, something like that. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You're yeah, very welcome. The plywood prints that Alice was talking about at the um, at the start of this podcast, they've just gone on show in the Crawford Gallery in Canberra. There's a little movie clip of them in situ. You can go and have a look yourself over on her Instagram page. It is at sign Maha Alice. That is M-A-H-E-R dot Alice, A-L-I-C-E. And what I said at the start of this podcast about the piece that had quite an effect on me, it was the artist campaign to repeal the 8th. You can go and see it on Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, Vimeo.com, and look for Ishka Films, I-S-H-K-A Films, Ishka Films. Alice, if you don't know her, she is the person at the start of the film who is talking aloud to the procession to get it underway. Well, say talking aloud, she's drowning out the drums. Man, that lady knows how to shout. It was amazing. Pass it on to someone else. Speaking of passing on to someone else, as I've said a few times in the past, please share this podcast with other people. It's growing week on week. And if you want to have a look at the confirmed artists that are coming up on future episodes, go over to www.mizogart.com. And speaking of future episodes, next week we've got Heath Kane. Now Heath has become a well-known name in an amazingly short time. Thanks to his very first piece of artwork he ever made, rich enough to be Batman. I won't go into too much detail about it, Heath does that himself um, next week. But we spoke for so long, um, rather than try and edit it down into um, like a, an hour-long episode... His approach was so fascinating, I just cut it in half and done two 45 minutes. During that conversation, we were trying to figure out what genre his prints would sit in. You know, they're very bold designs with a great concept. And neither of us could really come up with what um, genre he would fit in. But I've been thinking a lot about Heath's work since we had our conversation last week. And I've decided I'm going to call him a conceptual printer. Heath is probably not going to agree with me. But at first glance, his prints are bold and colourful and simply constructed to the eye. But each print has a multi-layered concept underneath it. They work without the concept. But the concept does bring a lot of power to the piece. As I say, it was a long conversation, so it's cut over two weeks. So, until next week, ta-da! 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.